0: Hello and welcome to The Game Football Podcast from The Times. Today, England get an opening win. Is Raheem Sterling the man to carry them to success at Euro 2020? Elsewhere, the Netherlands thrust their way into winning style and Austria show they could be an outside bet for a dark horse in the tournament. All that and more on today's episode of The Game. I'm joined by Matt Lawton, Henry Winter and Gregor Robertson and I begin of course by asking exactly what England did to get themselves off to a
1: positive start in Euro 2020. Henry, I'll start with you. I thought it was good. I mean, you almost had to be there to experience the heat. It was 27-28 where we were sitting. About one uh, tier up uh, but pitch side it was 30-31. So for the players to uh, to to cope with that, the initial nerves going into a tournament. I thought I was very impressed. You know, they Started well and they finished well. Uh, Sterling took his goals superbly, and uh, I mean, you've only got to know Sterling's backstory to know how important Wembley is to him. He was born five hundred yards, or he grew up five hundred yards from uh, f- from the stadium. The arch was a central part in his in his sort of life growing up, just so sort of seeing that it symbolises so much. To him, so for him then to score, moving off the, the left, getting through the middle, taking that pass from Calvin Phillips, who I mean Sterling got man of the match, but for me Calvin Phillips was was just outstanding. Everything he did was 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 terrific, um, and and Sterling finished well. So yeah, I mean Southgate was was definitely vindicated. I think what today showed was how good Southgate is at his man management, not simply on match days, but in leading up to it. So Sterling comes back from Porto, which I know you've discussed and you know he's not in the best state of mind having you know the frustration of losing the champions league and then you've got southgate greeting him reassuring him telling him he's going to play giving him this license to to moving inside having a more defensive defender behind him in in kieran trippier and you know, it it paid off. It was Southgate's day, and it was Sterling's day.
0: Matt, what do you think? A lot of people were very surprised about the lineup. Were you happy with it? Well, it was it was
3: almost what we thought was coming, but but the one surprise was was Trippier, and you know, it's, it explains why he picked so many right backs because he intended to pick one of them at left back. So <laughs> it it um it, yeah. It, other than that, it 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 wasn't a surprise. Uh, it wasn't the team. I sort of picked in the paper at the start of the week. I was miles off, and I imagine my team would have lost three 0 So uh, Southgate earns the big bucks for a reason. Um, but it, yeah, it, it it was it was a good performance. It was you know I, I, I sat there. Henry and I are veterans of numerous tournaments, and I, I, I did sort of have that sort of sinking feeling as the as the match sort of. Even though Pickford wasn't really put under any great pressure, you know, it, we still have nightmares about my match report in Portugal in 2004 when England were beating France, the defending champions, with like minutes to go and they were 1 0 up. And then suddenly it's like, you know, two, three minutes of chaos and they lose 2 1. And, um, it was, you know, I think Southgate as well, the way he reacted to the final whistle, you know, the, even the way that he, he sort of embraced Sterling when he, when he came off and um, there, there was a tremendous sense of not just elation but relief that they had indeed won that first, you know, the first time they've won the first game of a European Championship and it was an incredibly important victory.
0: Gregor, what did you think? Hindsight is a a wonderful thing, isn't it? We all had this argument over what Gareth Southgate might select. What did you make of the 11 he chose and how it panned out?
2: Yeah, I agree with Matt. I think, you know, Trippy was the only, was the only kind of um, surprise, really. Um, But I can understand it. I think when you look at, you know, he's probably gone on field there. He's got a lot, of you know, the players in the, well, he's got Tyron Mings uh, primarily, Alongside him, who's, who's kind of fairly new to international football, never played a, in a, in a major tournament. Um, and I think he th- probably thought if I put in Luke Shaw or Chilwell alongside him, then that looks a bit of a cowl kind of, uh, half of a back four. So I would imagine if Harry Maguire plays in the next game or the game after that, then it would be Luke Shaw. Um, or it could be Ben Chilwell. You know, I think, I just think that he went on fuel there, um, which is perfectly understandable. And, you know, <laughs> I don't want to be come over the, the convergingly Scotsman here, but I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit surprised by the, the level of praise England have got in the way. Cause look, they won. That's the main thing. And, um, you played with control, which is something that England haven't done historically against, well, against Croatia or against some of the better teams. But I thought the first, basically the first hour was kind of pretty slow and laboured and, it, it, it had the feel of a charity shield game to me for the first hour. A kind of like a step up from a friendly game. And it was hot, as Henry says, it's very hot and and you have to say Croatia are also a decent team. But I still think there's a lot of improvement for England to make. But as I say, they won the game and they played with you know a degree of control, which is not something they've done in the past.
0: Henry, I was arguing with all of my mates about Calvin Phillips, the Leeds, of course, midfielder saying what's he doing going box to box Gareth Southgate's asked him to do something that he's not really familiar with but he was he was basically
1: the man of the match in the end of it did, did you see some sort of tactical announce there Southgate tried that with him before and it it didn't really work and a lot of Leeds United fans were saying you know why is he playing him further forward I think it worked today I mean look, if you I don't know whether sort of, television probably didn't show this but he was dropping back a you know, quite a fair bit alongside uh, Declan Rice but he's just got that energy and it. It's not simply physical with uh, with uh, Calvin Phillips. He's just got this huge desire to to do well. He's lived for this moment. He's had so many messages from Leeds friends. From I think it's pronounced Workley, his first his first team. All the sort of the age group teams there have been sending him video messages. That's been quite a movie. I think probably everyone in Yorkshire, or most people in Yorkshire, have sent him video messages. Just you know, he's known as the Yorkshire Perlo. There's huge pride. In it. And he knew from quite a long time out that he'd be going to the, uh, the, the the Euros. He's been earmarked by Southgate to play this this role. Southgate's obviously seen something in it, that energy. And as as Gregor was saying, you know, the, the heat there was was pretty pretty ferocious at times. And yet he made he made light of it. I, I personally thought he should have been man of the match. I can understand you know the sponsors want the goal score and all that, but I thought Phillips was outstanding. I think it's worth
2: worth mentioning that. If the tournament, I mean, it's, this is no blame at anyone, but if the if the tournament happened last year, he wouldn't have been in the squad, and that's largely because he was playing in the championship still. And I, you know, I think I I wrote a piece about sixteen months ago saying, you know, that was a problem area for England. Declan Rice was coming through, Harry Winks was in the frame. There was always a spot open for a midfielder and he was good enough to t- despite playing the Championship. He was playing in one of the most kind of tactically sophisticated teams in the country under Bielsa. Didn't matter. He was playing in the Championship. I think he, he, sh- he, probably could have got the call up earlier, but he's there now. You know, he's been brilliant this season in the Premier League and he's someone who, who staked a massive claim to, to play a big part for England uh, in this competition.
1: Do, do you know, what, Gregor, you know, what was great is where Matt and I were sitting. We had um, some of the families like the, the John Stones family over to our left. And then we had a lot of the families, you know, the Canes and the Maguires. They, they were all there sort of in front of us. And obviously you're focusing on the game, but you can see, you know, parents and brothers and sisters and loved ones sort of jumping up and down and supporting their team. There's their, you know, their, their, their players, their, their, their siblings, their relatives, their children, whatever. And it's, it's actually quite... You Realise what a, but was particularly coming back to Phillips. You know, his mother worked so hard bringing it up because his father was in and out of prison. He's in, he's, ironically, he's actually in in prison over the road from where um, Calvin Phillips trains with Leeds at, at Thorparch, and you know, he, but his mother has just been such a huge force in his life. And, you know, to see all those parents there, you can see that emotional connection. You know, we've had this in the past. I mean, Matt was there in 2006 in Baden-Baden with the WAGs there, and the families were almost a distraction, whereas the families this time, obviously they're not going up to St. George's Park, but the families, they're just, they're just adding to it. They're enhancing the players' design. So the players, when they've gone into their room at St. George's Park, there have been messages left for them by the FA staff, by Southgate staff, but messages taken from parents saying, I can remember when I drove you to, to to your first match. You make me so proud that you've gone on this journey. Look at it now. Now go out onto the pitch at Wembley and make the country proud. So, uh, yeah, I just thought that was a sort of special moment. And I actually did think a bit of um, – of uh, of Phillips's mother because of how much that this will mean to see her son playing so well, but also the sacrifices that she has made. I think she she until so recently she was still working in a pizza place and just doing shift after shift there to sort of generate the money to so that Calvin could have boots, could go Leeds training, weather. So, uh, yeah, it was very much a family field today.
3: You make a good point, though, Henry, because what people perhaps don't realise is that yeah, they were there, but they wouldn't have been able to see them afterwards because of this whole COVID bubble thing. And um, so, yeah, the messages is is one thing, but they are having to sort of navigate through this tournament. And obviously it will it will become, I guess, a sadder aspect of it as the tournament goes on. But yeah, th- th- their families were there. And yeah, the, the Foden family, I think Foden's brothers were to our left as well. Um, uh, but But they can't actually see them after the game and, you know, hugs and kisses and all that stuff because it's, you know they had. You know we we already seen it. You know Portugal lost a player today, didn't they? With uh, with uh, with COVID, and um, you know it, it's. I think it's the kind of it's a news story that we. We sort of, you know, have to be on guard that could break. You know that we have such a situation. You know, imagine if 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 a quarterfinal. Don't want to get ahead of ourselves, Gregor. Obviously, but <laughs> if, if, if 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 we if we yeah, the curmudgeonly Scott, <laughs> uh, if, if, if if we if we if we got to uh, you know such a late stage and suddenly one of the key players, you know, imagine it, Harry Kane test positive for COVID. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. it's a global news story, you know.
1: Matt, you really notice it. Sorry, if you're just jumping in again. You really notice it going to St. George's Park. So there's one reporter allowed effectively per media organization. You go in, you get tested and then you go into this almost like sort of biosecure bubble with, but it's like a sort of pub garden in a way. Um, but it's a socially distanced pub garden where the player is like four metres away, socially distanced. We've all got our masks on. We have to go and put our tape recorders down on the table. I mean, the FA, to be fair to them, they're leaving absolutely nothing to chance on the medical protocol front and, and completely right. Because, you know, the, as Matt says, you know, we have to protect all, these, all the players. And you go and put your tape recorder down on the table, on this picnic table, and then whichever player comes in and sits down. And then the moment they go away, then we pause, and then we go over and pick up our tape recorders. At which point, um, an FA official comes and you know sprays down the table with—I was going to say insecticide because we're in the countryside—but uh, <laughs> uh, just just to sort of clean the whole sort of place down. Um, and who is and, that, uh, Henry? Is that Steve
3: Holland who does that? Or is it, well, he, comes, <laughs> he comes over with the cloth and the, and, the, and the
1: spray? I think Steve, we did actually talk to Steve Holland on the uh, on the sanitized um, pub garden table. And he was, he was really good. Fascinating guy. But yeah, I mean, just coming back to Matt's point is, is completely right, is that nothing is being left to chance and that's a good point that Matt makes about the fact that there is no contact apart from a Zoom, apart from a wave from 30 yards away to, uh, to, to 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 the families. Gregor, I wanted to ask you about Raheem Sterling
0: because a lot of people were surprised that he was included in England starting eleven. played pretty well, got the goal as well. What does he add to England's team?
2: I think the, the first thing that left to mind certainly in the first half was that he offered that threat in behind. There's numerous balls. I think Trippier played several down the line. Tyron Mings played several, and you know Sterling just has that ability just to spring. He comes short and go in behind, and that you know that stretches stretches the play. Um, that's another string to the ball. You know if you had Grealish and Foden on the other side, it's not quite the same. Not quite as dynamic. So he definitely offered that, and he just he's just relentless. He just keeps, you know, keeps trying to get on the ball, keeps trying to go at players, keeps trying to fashion something. He had lots of lots of half chances. Um, You know, a couple where he, I think you know, he had his left foot volley over the bar. There was one in the, in the first half where he kind of got, he tried to cut back inside when he could have maybe got a shot off, but he kept going, he kept going and he got his goal. And yeah, I mean, he, you saw him kind of, the question was put to him after the game, you know, just you feel you've justified your, your selection match I felt which I felt was a little bit kind of I don't know forced right and he was kind of just smiled and thought you know I'm trying he said I'm trying and smiled and he think he's done a lot for England He's he's been consistently brilliant for England and you know you can see why Southgate is, was determined to kind of show him the loyalty despite the clamor for for Jack Grealish and others.
3: Matt what do you think does Sterling start from here on out? Well, I think he certainly keeps his place and and look I, th- I think I think Greg is right and 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 it's, it's henry's point at the, at the start of the conversation about about man management and about bringing the best out of players you know the lift that southgate would have given him you know when when i know he played in the champions league final but he has pep has been leaving him out and and the lift that it would have given him to be told by southgate you're my man you're in you know you've got a massive role against Croatia um and he responded accordingly and and but the other crucial thing about about sterling which when you look at certainly the forward players and what we are you know understandably excited about the talent of 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 these young players but you do need some experience as well and and sterling has actually experienced the good and the bad he, you know he he he's a he's a he's, he's got the battle scars as well as the uh, as well as the good memories from russia and and that is that is valuable and, and and it will prove more valuable as the tournament goes on.
2: It's the same balance as, as I was mentioning at the back with Trippie alongside Mings. It's the same, you, you know, if you have Mount, Foden and Grealish and behind Kane, then that's, you know, as you say, Matt, there's just not quite the same level of experience and, yeah. you know, someone who's been at the tournament and been there and done it. So, absolutely, it seemed, it, you know, it was said afterwards, these decisions all came off for them. it be interesting to see what they do against Scotland.
1: <laughs> Gregor, in, 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 term, in terms of Scotland, if I can just chip in, what would concern you more if you were Steve Clark for for Sterling to uh, to go over to the right because his pace might give Robertson and Tierney to, something to think about, or to continue with Foden? There, the,
2: the thing is that each of these players offers a different threat, a very different type of threat, and you know Tierney. I, uh, Tierney, I think he's he can match most players. For pace and a kind of one on one like that. I think when you come up against someone like Foden, who's a little bit craftier, drifted inside, he has been known to kind of not switch off, but to, to maybe sacrifice, you know, to, to give up a yard of pace, uh, a yard of space a little bit too much. And so I would say Foden would probably be the bigger threat against them. But as I say, I, you know, we've got O'Donnell on the right who, um, who came to international football quite late. Um, the left side of our of our defence is certainly stronger than the right, so I think I think whoever they play on the left is is uh, is probably the more more important thing for for England's point of view.
0: Matt, what next for Jack Grealish in particular in England going into that game against Scotland? Would you like to see him start? I don't, uh, n-
3: not at the moment. I, I, I you know, and I, I like Grealish. I'm I'm really glad that he's in the squad. Um, you know, I think he's really exciting, but no, n- I I don't think. A lot will depend on Maguire, but I'd be very surprised if Maguire is fit by Friday. Um but I, I, I don't see I don't anticipate many changes because the change that you would perhaps expect, um, and I'm not suggesting for one second with Gregor on on this call that <laughs> that this is this should be an easier game, heaven forbid. Um but but it it you know, you might suddenly think, Well, Scotland do we need to play two sort of defensive midfielders in Phillips and and um, uh, and Rice. But 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 the last thing you're going to do is change that after today. So I don't really see, Henry might disagree with me, but I don't really see many changes it, other than perhaps, you know, I think the changes will come. I think Greg hit the nail on the head. I think you might see a change at left back once you got Maguire back, but I, I don't see him doing much different.
1: The one thing I'll say about the left back situation, I take what uh, Greg was saying earlier about um, what Trippier brings in terms of his experience. I mean, S- S- Southgate described him as a, uh, a warrior, the way he's played for Atletico Madrid. And I understand that, you know, that relationship with Tyro Mings in terms of bringing that sort of experience and almost guiding Tyro Mings through. I thought Mings had a, had a good game. But the one thing I, I, f- I felt about it at uh, left back is that England did lose out on, uh, on some of the width that Shaw and Chilwell. Can deliver and get balls crossed in because, because Trippier will, will come back onto his right. And Sterling will will move inside. So you really need. I, I thought England did miss a little bit on the on the overlap there, and I think Harry Kane would have missed that as well. You know that sort of delivery into the box from the uh, from the left, because you don't necessarily get it so much from uh, from Foden, who tends to sort of cut inside as well. So I, I, I agree with Matt. I don't think there'll be uh, there, there'll be many changes. I think he'll just have a look at them during the week and then try and go all out for the victory against Scotland, which would then touch wood. If England do get a result against Scotland and everyone knows how ferocious that's going to be, um, then he can might maybe mix it up for the Czech Republic game. You've jinxed it, Henry. I've got to be honest because <laughs> anything could happen from here on out. Do you know what? I'm sorry. I've been to so many Scotland games and the first England game <laughs> I, I saw as, as a fan, um, sorry, the first England Scotland game I saw as a fan was at Hammond Park in '84. And I think it was Lineker's debut, Woodcock Equalise. And I was in with the Scottish fans, with some Scottish mates of mine. And I have to say from then on, I've just, you know, I mean, it is the fixture for me. Not simply because it's the oldest international fixture, but just because of the pure intensity in the, uh, in the stands and on the pitch. And all none of the usual rules, none of the FIFA rankings, any of that apply. You know, I can remember Don Hutchinson absolutely bullying England's defence in the, in that playoff at Euro 2000. Honestly, I've seen too many of these games to uh, to, to not go into it with, with a certain trepidation. All I'm saying is that if England do manage to survive this test, and I, I mean, I think probably the odds on are for a draw, then uh, Southgate has got options to rotate a bit for the Czech Republic game. Matt,
0: would you like to see England change anything at all going into that game against Scotland? No, I, I,
3: I think Henry actually made a great point about more width. So perhaps that that would be the one change at left back. But I I think you'll stick with that team. Um, it's it's it, you know it's a team that is now confident. You know Southgate talked afterwards about what it means to win that first game and the way it will impact on the sort of mood in the camp. So they're going they're going to be buoyant. They're going to be they're going to be positive, and they'll go into that game um, feeling good about themselves. Um, it's uh, and and Scotland. It's, it's hard to it's hard to predict. I was actually at the last Scotland game in a major tournament. I cover. I was covering it um, in Saint Etienne in '98. It was uh, it was an interesting one because um, I, I actually watched the England game against Romania the night before with lots of Scottish colleagues, which was pretty unpleasant. Um, and then I always recall that, that John, I was with a guy called John Lay who worked for Telegraph, and every night he'd get a phone call. Um. Um. From the the breakfast show in Sydney in Australia, <laughs> and um, we were sitting having dinner after the England game, and and the phone goes, and there it is, and John's chatting away to these two these two DJs in in Sydney, and I can hear John saying, uh, "Well, you know, well, it's 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 not an easy being an Englishman in Leon tonight, lads. You know, we've surrounded by jubilant Scots." And, uh, you know, they're all all enjoying England's, uh, England's poor performance against Romania, blah, 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 blah. And then quite clearly, one of the hosts says, can you get one of the Scotland fans to come on the line? <laughs> and I'm sitting there thinking, no, no, don't do it, don't do it. And there's these, there's these two guys walking by, both wearing kilts. And, uh, and John Lay says to, says to one of them, say good morning to Sydney Breakfast Radio. And all I can say is he had nothing, didn't say good morning, had nothing to do with football. It was unrepeatable what he said. It was most extraordinary moment. I don't know where he <laughs> got this 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 comment from, but it was um yeah. <laughs> and then and then as I say, the following night, 3 0 Morocco. Sorry, Gregor, but it was it was brutal.
2: Yeah, yeah brutal. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. Very well, yeah. unfortunately.
3: 23 years. I can't believe it's 23 years.
1: Matt, no. the only good thing about that was that the um, the Scottish journalist, because I lost a bet with one of them, so I had to post him 50 euros because so I wasn't going to see him for a bit. And uh, he gave me the address, and they were all staying in Avignon. And the great thing was is that they were staying in the Hotel Angleterre. So uh, that, <laughs> right. was, that was so I, I underlined it about sort of four times at <laughs> <for> the French <laughs> post office just to <laughs> sort of <laughs> underline the point with um, my tear-stained 50
0: euro note inside will come to Scotland's first match at the competition tomorrow, of course, in the same group as England. But England with a positive start at Euro 2020. Let's look at the other games on Sunday, though, because they were pretty entertaining. Let's quickly talk about Austria, beat North Macedonia three goals to one. Gregor, do you think they can surprise anyone in Euro 2020?
2: Uh, this, was a, this was quite... Uh, I thought it was quite an entertaining game, largely because mm, of the, the, mm. the quality was was not really there but it was a bit you know calamitous at times <laughs> um although having said that the first Austria's opener Sabitzer's ball to the back post was was absolutely superb and Alaba's cross in fact for uh Gregorosic, I think his name is fine name that um uh, that was that was a moment of great quality as well and then Ar- Arnautovic we know very well kind of came on and scored a third and seemed to want to fight all his teammates it was a slightly strange game um but no, you know, in answer to your question, I think probably not. No, I think this was too, a, a game that was kind of entertaining, but between two teams who are probably um, not quite got the quality to, to progress too far in the competition.
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com.
0: Elsewhere in Group C, Netherlands 3, Ukraine 2, Henry... Lots of talk about De Beer and whether he's the manager to take the Netherlands forward. He's he has, of course, won this first match, but it wasn't as
1: convincing as many hoped it would be. What do you think? Oh, it was brilliant to watch, though. I mean, I, I rushed home from Wembley to get there in time for kickoff, and I'd heard all the stories coming out of the sort of the, the Dutch camp. Well, certainly from the sort of the, the Dutch supporters and the plane going over training saying, please play 4-3-3. That's the sort of Dutch way. And he hasn't was gone with, with three in the back. I'll tell you what, it's absolutely fantastic game. I mean, that, you know, obviously we've missed the Dutch in the, in, in, in tournaments recently, we, we've missed their supporters. We've missed the quality of football. You just look at a player like Wijnaldum, who was just driving through the middle and you think, woof, have Liverpool missed a trick by not giving him that extended contract and that sort of, you know, the sort of, you know, the bigger wages that he wanted. He was absolutely outstanding. I mean, Franky de Jong, I mean, he's, he, I was looking at some of his statistics uh, online afterwards and they are just off the scale. I mean, in terms of of past completions, in terms of chances created. I mean, it's, it's, it's just an unbelievable performance. And then, so the two wide players, you know, sort of Memphis Depay on the left, and we remember him from his time over here where he sort of disappointed. And I thought he was he was terrific, and he's obviously maybe have a little bit more of a sort of goal threat in games like that, but I thought he was he was outstanding. And then, one of Gregor's mates, Dumfries, on the right. I mean, he was just—he was fantastic. <laughs> he was, I tell you, about, I tell you about, it's a great—it's a, a great build-up for Scots for Scotland when he got Sterling and Dumfries scoring winners on the same day. But he, but, but, but honestly, he he was terrific. I, I've I've not seen too much of him, but he—but what a what a good player he's got skill scored the goal of the header um the keeper probably could have done more but you know ukraine had come back into it to make it 2-2 but honestly it was just a joyous occasion to watch the dutch play again obviously in Amsterdam Johan Cruyff arena sort of special place and then and then to play like that and have a finish like that was you know it was, was belting game
3: it's a great story as well isn't it because it's it, it, well no i was saying it's a great story as well because you know had the tournament that taking place when it should have done, De Boer wouldn't have been the manager; it would have been and which is, I think, has created a little bit of nervousness, certainly among the Dutch fans. And and it's and, and it's a bit of a theme with the tournament, isn't it? Because with the Wales team as well, you know, they they haven't got the manager that they expected to have in charge, and so there's these sort of very interesting sort of soap operas within the within the actual tournament that make it you know add add a little bit of extra intrigue
0: what are the nerves like going into that first match then
2: (laughs) you know I don't really feel nervous because as I said many 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 times in this podcast now I'm just so happy that we're here
0: he's blagging Uh, it he's nervous
2: (laughs) no I really am not I think you know Steve Clark has done a lot to earn people's trust the supporters trust um We've got a way of playing. We've got a kind of a bit of a togetherness, as I've said again. I thought, you know, there's some parallels perhaps with, with Wales in 2016. They seem to be really kind of, you know, a united group of lads. Um, and I think, you know, I think the team kind of almost picks itself too. There's a few, there's a few positions, you know, who perhaps in midfield, whether he's going to go to up front with, with Adams, uh, and Dykes or just one, and and, and have another player often, perhaps you kind know, of Christie or Armstrong or, you know, Ryan Fraser would have been there as well, perhaps a little shorter fitness. Um, but really, we we kind of know the team, we know how we're playing, and we know, and I think there's, the players have got a lot of belief in that. So I think we should have some belief in them too and I and kind of almost do, which, is, which feels quite strange.
0: Yeah, because you're blagging it, like I said. <laughs> like blagging it in terms of what Scotland might do at this competition. But I'm interested to think what, what Henry and Matt might think about what Scotland can do at this competition. Henry, can they go and surprise everyone? What do you think? I don't think it would be a
1: complete surprise when you look at the quality of the players we've got. They've got, you know, we, we, we see how well they play each week. I mean, I'm in my study at home and I've got a huge great, remember Bannockburn, Uh, flag, which I acquired at Hampton um, down the years. And you just know that the the Scots, when they put that shirt on, that, I mean, are you saying McTominay is going to be scared taking on England's midfield, however good they are? Are Are you saying that McGinn is going to go into his shell and not sort of play the passes that he can do? Are you telling me that sort of Robertson and Tierney aren't just going to sort of absolutely relish stepping out at uh, at Wembley and I think in, in years gone by and tournaments gone by or, or certainly you know just matches between the two in, in past years I think you would look at the tone of the build-up and there will be a bit, there will be a bit of rah-rah England this week but it won't be from the players the players will not say anything which can be construed and then put into headlines and used as further fuel for the Scottish fire I think there's a lot of respect partly because a lot of them play it with each, with the Scottish players, play against Scottish players, So you know, week in, week out in, in the Premier League. So I think it's going to be, look, I know the media will try and ramp it up, give it the old sort of Battle of Britain, Braveheart, stuff like that. But I don't think you get any of that from from Southgate and the players. I think it will be, I, I just think it will actually be, I mean, it doesn't work great for headlines and um, for the media narrative, but I think it will actually be fairly respe- respectful, certainly from the English this week and I'm sure for the Scots as well. Matt, you looking to be very respectful this week?
3: Yeah. Uh, I, have to say, I I thought Henry was about <laughs> yeah. to tell us he had a huge study, by the way. I thought I was <laughs> going to speak a huge study. I've got a huge study. Um, no, I, I do and for, for, for all the reasons, all, all the points that Henry's made, you know, they've got good players. They have got good players and, mm. and, and the England players will know that. You know, you listen to them. I was listening to You know, Calvin Phillips tonight talking about, you know, his mate who plays, his Leeds mate who plays for Scotland, you know, and, 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 you know, uh, there's so many of them in the Premier League. Robertson is one of the best fullbacks in the world and, and, you know, would be in anybody's team probably. It's, it's, um, I think, I think it's a really intriguing game. And I think, I think I can see why Gregor isn't, isn't actually that nervous because I think you go in, as a Scotland fan with fairly low expectations. And I think that's why, no, but I, I'm going to qualify that and say that, I think that's why actually Gregor, that, that we're sort of, there's a bit of a buzz around England tonight because actually we didn't really expect them to win the first game. You know, that I think, I think we are were capable of it, but because, you know, we generally, as a as a, as a national team start tournament slowly. That was that was a pleasant surprise today. And 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 I think this game will be the, the game on Friday, obviously as I say, we've got to see how they go against the Czech Republic. I think the Czech Republic are dangerous and I think I think, you know, it it it, it could be for Scotland, Friday could then become a very, very important game if things don't quite go to plan tomorrow night. And And, um, sorry, tomorrow afternoon, there was a great line where Robertson was making a sort of national plea earlier for all the schools to let the kids knock off early so they could watch the game for brilliant, that kid's going to be running the country in about 10 years time.
2: That's my abiding memory of the last, uh, the, the, the tournament you're talking about in France 98, I was 14 and it was the same, there was an afternoon kickoff. The first game, the opening game of, in France against Brazil. And they we called an impromptu uh, assembly, the, the headmaster did and said no one's allowed to leave. And then at lunchtime the gates opened and the entire school fled. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Really? So I was kind of I was wondering whether they might kinda of come to their senses and realise that trying to keep uh, school children who've who've never yeah. it's think of that, they've never seen their team their nation in a in a a major tournament a whole generation so um trying to keep them away from watching the game either in class or allowing them to go and watch it would be ludicrous
0: well listen gregor there's plenty more to look forward to not just for yourself but all scotland supporters we will react to their first game at euro 2020 in around 24 hours remember if you're enjoying the podcast make sure you're subscribed to the times and the sunday times and right now if you do You can get it for less than £1 a day. Just go online, search thetimes.co.uk forward slash the game to get started. Remember, you can start your free trial right now. We will see you in around 24 hours. See you then.